everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of the Attractions Group podcast. Alongside Ryan, sir, I'm Don Helbig. So Ryan, middle of December, got your Christmas shopping done? Uh, I'm well on the way. I've got uh, a one-year-old, ne- well, he turns one on New Year's Day nephew, and I spent more on him than anybody else. But uh, uh, I'm doing pretty good this year. I usually wait till the last minute and just buy gift cards. How about you? I'm a last minute shopper. You know, I'll wait till December 23rd or see what's open on December 24th to finish it up. So I do better under pressure like that where I don't have time to really think about what I should get people. Yeah, I mean, I I spent my whole teenage years, 20s and so on, like buying gift cards for everybody. So I try to be a lot more thoughtful with the gifts, like try to think about the person I'm buying for and, you know, what would make them happy and stuff. So I, I try to my my gift giving i feel like has progressed over the years. No, that's good to hear. Yeah. So, uh speaking of the holidays, you uh you were a guest presenter at the Great Ohio Coaster Club's annual holiday party on Saturday. Uh so that was at Salt Salt Mill Creek Resort in Huron, Ohio. It's like 10 or 15 minutes from Cedar Point. How'd that go? It went uh, really well. Uh let me start first with the Salt Mill Creek Resort. Uh, first time I'd ever been there. And just blown away by it. It was all, you know, outside just Christmas lights galore on the trees, inside, you know, decorated. They had a lot of entertainment inside. Um, they had singers doing the holiday tunes and out in the lobby. Um, just really impressed with it. The rooms were nice. Uh, the, the catering they did for the meal was great. Um, just really impressed. And, and next time I go up to Sandusky, you know, to, to go to Cedar Point, I'm going to stay there because I was that impressed with it, even though you're a little further away from the park, just everything about it, uh, you know, said this, this is the place to stay when I'm up in that area. Uh, but as far as the great Ohio coaster club, you know, let me start by just talking about this organization. They fly a little bit under the radar behind the American coaster enthusiast, um, but just really, really good people mm-hmm. in the great Ohio coaster club. Um, and they've been around now for, for multiple years, several years. Um, gotten to to know a lot of them really well so it was great to see a lot of familiar faces at the holiday party and uh, just you know to reconnect with them and and uh, just you know hear how they're doing and all that so it it was great and then what i pretty much did uh, with my presentation what they asked me to do uh, to present was to kind of walk everybody kind of through my career in terms of how i got started you know, with riding the race or what led to that, which led to, uh, you know, the career somehow it sprung off to the career in hockey, which, you know, ended up being a way I got to Kings Island uh, doing PR and marketing and social media and all that. And, and, and to kind of transition into what I'm doing now and the basis of this, you know, really my career story, I, I titled the presentation coasting through life because pretty much that's what it's been like my whole adult, uh, Adult years, you know, from the time I was 18, starting to ride the racer and, and uh, you know, how the, the 1981 baseball strike drove me to start doing that to fill time, which led to everybody at the park getting to know me. And then which led to, you know, when the Cincinnati Cyclones came to town in 1990 and they're looking for someone to, to help out in PR and media people recommending me because they knew I was a hockey fan, but knew me from doing stories on me at Kings Island to working with someone during my hockey days and ended up being a marketing director at Kings Island that helped open the door for me to get there. So all roads in my life really led back to the racer. That's touching, Don. Now, did anyone ask about your departure from Kings Island? 
they didn't have to. Uh, I included that in the presentation. I felt if I was talking about, you know, going from A to Z uh, with it, you know, you had to have that uh, that piece in there about leaving the park. And, and how I said, and I didn't think about it until the time I got up there, like how I was going to do that. But I pretty much, you know, said, I turned to a slide and it had my tombstone from Kings Island. And uh, the, the caption was, you know, all good things must come to an end. And that's how it was going to be. I was just going to say, I move on to the next slide. But I, I thought while I was up there, I said, you know, it's, it was kind of like I said, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, for 42 years, I worked there, you know, for 17 years, but 42 years of involvement at Kings Island, it's like an actor in a TV series. You know, your, your character got killed off. And then like, you know, actors do, they move on to the next show. And then the next slide was theme parks uh, by Don.com. And I started talking about that. Then I started talking about the Attractions Group podcast and, uh, Tower Topics podcast, uh, things I was doing with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, my Reds newsletter, and all those other kind of things. So um, I didn't really have to answer that question after that because I think they kind of all knew then at that point, um, you know, how my departure happened. You know, Bob Ross will be so proud of how you painted those happy little trees, Don. What are we going to talk about in this week's episode? <laughs> well, I think we, you know, to me, there's something that, uh, you know, I've always been truly passionate about. It's a real enchanting tale I think we can share with our with our listeners. One that resonates with the hearts of King's Dominion enthusiasts and theme park lovers alike. I think we would go that road. I think that's a good one to do. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're going to dive into uh, something that's kind of near and dear to you. I like them too. Uh, we're divide, we're diving into the captivating story of the singing mushrooms at King's Dominion, a nostalgic attraction that has weaved its way into the park's rich history. And it does have a rich history. They're getting ready to celebrate their 50th anniversary. Now, depending on how they do it, they partially opened in 1974. So you could have the 50th next year, the 50th in 2025, however they decide to, to break that up. But the story begins in the 70s when the Singing Mushroom, uh, they made their first appearance in the Candy Apple Grove section of King's Dominion. And I'll just picture this, four vibrant mushroom figures and a charismatic frog there. Uh, harmonizing with this infectious barbershop uh, tunes. Uh, they not only um, enchanted the park visitors, but even had a moment on the silver screen in 1977 in the movie Roller Coaster. Uh, they were just, you know, they just became iconic. And when you thought of King's Dominion, you know, like King's Island, you think of blue ice cream. When you think of King's Dominion, you think of the singing mushrooms. That's right, Don. I mean, uh, you talk about a golden age, uh, uh, for, for an attraction like that, the singing mushrooms. But unfortunately, like many great things, they disappeared from the park in the early 1990s, leaving fans longing for their return. Well, you know, like a lot of attractions that go and park guests keep asking, you know, for their return, King's Dominion listened. And you fast forward to 2014, which was the park's 40th anniversary. And here comes the triumphant return of the singing mushrooms. Um, it was a collaboration with Garner Holt Productions, Incorporated from San Bernardino, California. They're the world's leading animatronics designer, and they just did a fantastic job of bringing the singing mushrooms back to life. That's right, Don. Um, you know, the GHP, the Garner Holt Productions, uh, they they've certainly did a fantastic job. Um, so they infused them with 21st century animatronic technology. Uh, it was a perfect blend of nostalgia and innovation for King's Dominion's multi-year 40th anniversary celebration. 
and that was always one of the the things I remember joking about when I was working at Kings Island with the Kings Dominion folks was how many years you're going to celebrate this 40th anniversary because it seemed like in 14, 15, even a little bit in 16, uh, they were still talking about it. But uh, the result, uh, you know, harmonious fusion of the old and the new, uh, where the charm of the original animatronics met cutting edge technology. So one of those things where they left and when they come back, it was actually a little bit better version of them. Uh, the singing mushrooms not only retain their essence, but gain subtle enhancements, creating an experience that appeals to both longtime fans like myself and a new generation. Yeah, Don, it's a testament to King's Dominion's commitment to preserving its heritage while embracing uh, modern technology. Now, the return of the singing mushrooms, it marked a significant milestone for King's Dominion, uh, showing that classic attractions can endure and evolve. Today, you can find the singing mushrooms serenading guests in the Candy Apple Grove, where they continue to captivate visitors of all ages. Well, there you have it. A magical journey from the 1970s to the present day, showcasing the enduring charm of the singing mushrooms at King's Dominion. And whether you're reliving memories from the past or creating new ones, don't miss the chance when you're in Doswell, Virginia, to visit King's Dominion to be enchanted by these colorful characters. Now, Ryan, you said you've seen them? Yeah, I have seen them. Uh, they're really cute. I like them. Adorable, right? Yeah. Um, I like how, is it the frog that has a cigar in his mouth? Yes. I'm yeah. surprised that made it to the 2014 cut. <laughs> yeah, but it's just one of those, you know, things, you know, people talk about, you know, uh, like my interest in Bucky's and that kind of, it's just something that I remember watching the movie Roller Coaster, mm -hmm. 1977, and seeing the singing mushrooms in one of the scenes. Um, they were kind of located uh, right by the sky ride. So as it came out of the station, the sky ride like went over top of them. But it was just, you know, I was mesmerized by them after watching Roller Coaster. So I knew I had to get to King's Dominion and made my first visit there in 1984. And uh, the people I went to the park with, you know, they're all off, you know, wanting to ride all the rides. And I just wanted to keep, you know, standing there in that area watching the singing mushrooms, making sure that I saw each of the sets. I still rode the rides in that, but I spent a lot of time watching the singing mushrooms and you know, just became a big fan of them even more after seeing it in person. And I made sure that I went to King's Dominion every year. Uh, you know, we stopped by to pay, you know, tribute to them. And I was devastated when they removed the singing mushrooms. I couldn't, you know, just how iconic they were that it seemed like no thought was put into it. They were just gone. And uh, I was excited to hear they were coming back in 2014. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the singing mushrooms, uh, what, how did they come up with the, the singing mushrooms, to your knowledge at least? Like that wasn't based on an IP or something. That They just came up with singing mushrooms, right? It was gonna something that was going to be, you know, um, you know, like you had the Enchanted Voyage at King's Island and something that was going to be, you know, unique to King's Dominion. And it certainly was and is mm -hmm. so uh, there was there was nothing that inspired it to be this or nothing that tied into anything about it it was just we're just going to create this uh you know it's one of the scenes in the park and you know it fit right into with the area is called candy apple grove and they fit right into that as well so were the singing mushrooms that are there today approximately the same location as the old ones? I know you mentioned they're near the sky ride, but no, it's across the way. It's across the way from it. Um, if you know where they're, I think mean, it was like their Dodge you know, building is right in that area. It was kind of across the way, um, close, but maybe about 150 feet. 
difference. Kind of like, um, you know, the difference if you were at Kings Island this summer and you saw where um, Cargo Loco is and then where the um, their spinning keggers would have been. Kind of, you know, kind of that little distance were just across the way. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they were not only able to bring them back, but bring them back to the approximate location of uh, of where they were before. Um, so you said so they were original to the park. They were removed probably for future expansion. They probably thought that they were outdated and nobody would care about singing mushrooms. But I, I imagine that the backlash was probably pretty pretty big on something like that because that's something that kind of pulls on heartstrings and you know. well it's not something you think about you know say you're you're in you're working for the park and you're in the office you're not out there a lot you know talking to the guests and just maybe watching what they really interact with and that and it doesn't you know you just look oh we can take that out you know without giving it much thought and then you do that and there's a lot of uproar and you know guests miss it it was uh one of the most photographed things at King's Dominion in the seventies and eighties. And until they left, you know, in the, in the nineties there, uh, you know, you, everyone was taking photos of the Eiffel tower and then you had your photos with the singing mushrooms. So, um, it was iconic, uh, part of the fabric of the park made no sense at the time that they were removed and you know, they righted or wrong. Yeah. It's cool that they were able to do that. Now, when they brought them back in 2014, how was the reaction for both the people that did remember the singing mushrooms and the groups that are being introduced to the singing mushrooms for the first time. Super excited uh, by the longtime guests who remembered them. Uh, more excited about that than they have been some of the new roller coasters that have gone in the park. So that part, you know, home run for them. And as new generations are being introduced to them, uh, it becomes that tradition. You know, let's get our picture, you know, by the singing mushrooms. And a lot of, uh, you know, people that I've come across that got to know me, they know how much I love the singing mushrooms. And every time they go to King's Dominion, they're making sure that they're taking photos and sending them back to me or tagging me on their social media post. And, you know, I just love that. I'm glad that people enjoy them as much as I do. Well, I wouldn't say that they necessarily enjoy them as much as you do, but I'm glad they enjoy them as well. Yeah, it would be hard to enjoy them as much as I do, but um, it's just one of those, you know, there's a lot of things about the amusement industry that, that is unique or special and, or just add so much charm. And you look at things like the singing mushrooms and, and they epitomize that, you know, it's something that gives a park, you know, some character gives it its identity. You know, it's one of those things that are memorable. And I think every park has, you know, something like that, uh, that you think about, um, but maybe not as, uh, as prominent or as iconic as the singing mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree, and, and there's there's always something that pulls on on the heartstrings, like I mentioned before. Uh, for me, one that kind of comes to mind is uh, Figment at Epcot. Have you have you written Journey to Imagination? It's like yes. it's it's supposed to be both educational and for kids, and it is neither. Uh, for those of you who haven't written it, it's like uh, basically there's a do uh, a character named Doctor Nigel Channing. And he wants to give you a tour of his wonderful scientific facility. And his little pet dinosaur figment just wants to screw it up the entire time. But it's so fun. <laughs> it really is. I really yeah, enjoy now, it. Yeah, no, we've got a lot of our, you know, listeners that, you know, visit King's Dominion. Some of them, you know, live in the Richmond area. Others just, you know, visit once or twice a year. But what we'd like you to do is go to our ex, formerly known as Twitter, and... Post your pictures of the singing mushrooms 
we're at attraction underscore GRP. Just tag us, make a post and say, you know, here's from my visit there. We'd love to see your photos of the singing mushrooms. Yeah, that's a great idea, Don. I mean, like, you know, I've seen the singing mushrooms, but I'd love to see uh, some more recent ones um, and see people really enjoying them. Now, I know you heard about the singing mushrooms from me before you ever saw them in person. Were there everything that you thought they'd be and more based on what I was telling you about them? They were. They're they're like adorable. And it's it, it's funny because they the thing that kind of stuck out to me was that the mushrooms have the charm of an old man, but the cuteness of a child at the same time. You know, that's the best way I can put it, where it's like, you know, old and scraggly while at the same time, like childish in the face. It's so... It's a funny juxtaposition. Now, let me ask you this. The, the new mushrooms, do they look a lot like the old ones? Yeah, they do. I mean, it, it just uh, very subtle. I mean, you would really have had to have um, know to, you know, or knew what they, you know, they look like and spend a lot of time around uh, that, that at King's Dominion in the 70s and the 80s, you know, um, to know the little subtle differences. But yeah, if you're just looking at pictures, it looks very much the same. So you're saying that they did a pretty good recreation of, uh, of the thing. They did friends. an amazing job of recreating them. I, you know, and let's, you know, I mean, here's how much of a fan I am, Ryan. Look at this. Oh yeah. Hold on. Let me switch to just you on the camera view. That's brilliant. For those of you who are audio listeners, Don has a multi-bobblehead of the singing mushroom. You know, when I went to King's Dominion and I actually looked for that and I couldn't find it, I was going to buy one. Uh, not saying they don't. Sell and them. the other thing, it's a miss. It's a miss there that, and they might have them now, but when I was there, they did not have singing mushroom t-shirts the last four times I visited. Yeah, that is kind of a shame. Um, Cause you could do a lot of creative stuff and you would definitely put the King's Dominion name across it. Or even like, if you put like Candy Apple Cove King's Dominion, that would be neat too. But yeah, that's a big miss that they don't have yeah. that. But you know, although it's not out there, you know, in, the realm that the Brady Bunch Kings Island episode is the episode of a roller coaster with the mushrooms. I mean, that kind of really put Kings Dominion on the map and the singing mushrooms on the map. It made it something that uh, the park looked great in the movie, but you saw these mushrooms and you just had to go see them. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to go see a singing mushroom? Let's be honest, but yeah. So um, Don, do you have any more thoughts about the now, singing mushrooms? Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's unique to King's Dominion in that, but this is something that I think if another park tried to replicate the same thing, I don't think it would work. It'd be like blue ice cream, you know, from King's Island going to other parks. Other parks have tried it. It just didn't work the same. So I think it'd be something like that where it just wouldn't take off like it did at King's Dominion. And part of it was they were there at the beginning. You know, so when you're part of something from the beginning, it has that chance to become part of the fabric of the park. And uh, becomes, you know, in the years later, just iconic and, and just part of the fabric of, of who and what you are. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, same with blue ice cream. Sometimes it's the right product at the right time. Um, so, for example, if they introduced blue ice cream at Kings Island today, it's hard to say whether or not it would go over. But nowadays, it's so ingrained in the DNA of the park that you couldn't separate them if you wanted to. And it's kind of true with the, the singing no. mushrooms as well. Yeah, and like we said, definitely, you know, if you've got pictures of the singing mushrooms from your visit to King's Dominion, share them with us on our X. It is attraction underscore GRP. Love to see them.
Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very cool. Love the singing mushrooms. So uh, if you made it to the end of this episode, thank you. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all your favorite podcast apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Um, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube and tell a friend about us. We'd love to have more, uh, more park lovers taking a listen to us. Until next time, everybody.